on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Don't account on Google's negative keyword change to be useful to the PMAX brand issue. NCA HVO helps you find customers with high LTV. Google has a new beta, and more importantly, a new acronym. It's all good in the parenthood, as all you SEO armchair experts are the Christian bell of the ball this week, as an algo leak from Yandex Shepard won't be leaving you without a paddle. Wow, wow, all on today's show. <laughs> Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO and analytics, social media and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Nicole Waddington. And I'm Greg Finn. And it's officially marketing o'clock. Here on February 3rd, 2023. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another beautiful, wonderful week. Greg Finn, happy belated. Thank you. How was your rave? Uh, it was something to behold. It was really kind of like a party, like an invite party. There were all these bouncers and you had to be on a list and stuff. They looked like like Jason, St- somebody Jason Statham would like beat up in a comical way. They were that big. Um, so you get into it. I have a video clip. I'll send it to tables. You can see me doing a little <laughs> dance. I was like full raved out. I had like a shirt with like mushrooms on it. <laughs> Never taken mushrooms in my life. <laughs> But I've heard people are like, oh, cool, man. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. You like and to eat mushrooms. I do like to eat like lion's mane healthy mushrooms and, and chaga <laughs> and stuff like that. Okay. But not like psychedelic mushrooms. So it's in this industrial building. The bathroom smelled like cheese. That was the worst part. It what? smelled like disgusting. I'm surprised they even had a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. People had like hula hoops and stuff. There was a lot of Jenny lights. So I did have like four Jenny lights over a four hour time frame. Uh, but you can see a picture of me dancing and it looks like there's a guy like Kirk Cousins, looks just like him, he jumps into the scene here. You like that? You like that? But yeah, it was it was interesting. I'm happy you made it back. Yes, and I know that we said last time it's gonna be wet February. I was gonna go to the gym. So I have just regular water here. We'll have to wait till Jess is back with us, with us here until we do it. Unless you're able to drink a drink a drink with me here. Okay, this is Greg's way. <laughs> what? Of announcing to the world that I'm pregnant. You're pregnant. Yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. Me and Jill's asking Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It's not yes. news to anyone here. Um, almost in the third trimester, so. Yeah. Okay. It's not news to Chris Ridley either. He commented on my Instagram. Yeah, it's pretty public. Uh. But we got you a little present here. Where okay. It's a little video. I know how much you loved what we got you last year with that nice song by Satchel, the guitarist from Steel Panther. And we got you a little something. You're going to put I'm your really ear- earphones scared. in. And, and Nicole, you can too as well. And, and listen up. If anyone doesn't know about the, this last song, it was like the worst moment of my life. <laughs> okay. So click on Dropbox. I'm Nicole, really scared. You're ready. I'm ready. So we have to play at the same. Stop! Came again? <laughs> I don't want this. Okay. All right. Why I'm is he wearing up. the same outfit? 
You can hit play on whenever you feel like it. I don't want, I don't feel like it. You got to trust me on this. Do you trust me? Not really, but here we go. Okay. You should have just given me this hundred dollars. <laughs> There's more than a hundred dollars. <gasps> I can't. Do you remember who Oh my I God. <laughs> my name is Satchel and I play guitar for steel. Not a real name. <gasps> oh my God. It's your girl here, Giselle, you know. And I'm just here because oh my God. coworkers absolutely love you and you're having a baby. Yes. Okay, it's your second child. So, you know, because this is your second child and you love me. I love Giselle. You just have to. <laughs> anyway, this is from Jess, Greg, and Tables. Um, thank you so much for loving the Real Housewives of Potomac. But they say, Chef, that you break. Um, <laughs> and you really own a hot dog stand? Like, that's Okay, hot dog stand. And you're obsessed with Taylor Swift. You know what? I'm not mad at that. She's I'm wearing a new Taylor cap. Swift fan myself. Don't tell anybody. But, you know, I can sing a song or two of hers. So, just enjoy the baby. It's going to be a change because, like, it's baby number two. So, the, this baby has to, like, you know, figure out... Um, how they fit into the family. And the, she would know the, she has three. The first baby. She's another like, twin. Except the new baby. All that oh. good stuff. It's going to be amazing. Congratulations. Oh. Keep living your best life. That was so nice. I told you you had to trust me on that. Wait, how is the rest of the Satchel song? I don't want to know. It was fake. We just pulled it from a different one. Okay. And we didn't actually pay Satchel any money this time. Oh my God. That I have to say that to so many people. <laughs> how did you know to pick Giselle? I went through your Instagram. And I I looked, I knew you liked Potomac. I looked at every person on Potomac and I found the one person you follow. Oh. And it was Giselle. Wow. I don't follow a lot of people, but yeah. All right, but you followed her she, and you uh, interacted with her post. So I figured she was the one. Uh, Takes a little while to get the post from her, but she did a great job. That is amazing. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to show people that. Thank you. All right, and we'll take we'll take the satchel part out for you to share. <laughs> Nicole, do you have anything for us today? Not as exciting as that. <laughs> I can't beat that. Um, but I feel like I'm out of twenty dollars because yesterday someone told me that if you purchase Celsius, the energy drink, yes, between like 2015 to November of last year, you could be entitled to up to two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, why? Because they were making claims about like one of their ingredients in in the can or whatever. And I started drinking Celsius in December. This year? I didn't get you on Celsius, so I didn't take any blame for you I'm, and your energy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking full responsibility for this. But now I'm hearing about people having heart attacks, going to the hospital. And I think it's time for an intervention. This is re This really struck me. No, it's fine. You're it's gonna all cut natural. back on your energy drinks. Yeah, no. maybe maybe even cut cold turkey. Go you know what? I'll make I'll make all natural ones powder, and okay. I'll give you some. Thank I just you. got some beetroot powder, and I'll add that to the citrulline. And I've mm -hmm. got those mushrooms, the uh, the chaga mushrooms. We should run this by Giselle before you make any decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see the full video, check it out Spotify. You can see the video in its entirety, and on YouTube, uh, Marketing Clock on YouTube. Okay, Greg, do you have news for us this week? All right, first up this week, big news. Apparently, Yandex leaked the complete list of internal ranking factors. 
SEOs everywhere on Twitter. Well, actually, I don't know if they're on Twitter anymore. Every, probably <laughs> Mastodon was probably blowing up with uh, chatter over there. And it seemed like a lot of the code is kind of hard to parse through. Um, I first saw this over on Web Marketing School. There's a link that you can get over on marketingclock.com if you want to see and download everything. But I probably, uh, Mike King, I think, did the best breakdown over on Search Engine Land and took a look at a lot of the different factors. A, a lot of it is speculation, just for the record. And this is Yandex. So this does not mean Google's doing the same thing. It does not mean Bing's doing the same thing. And we don't even know if this is actually real. It does seem real, but don't take this and say, oh, Yandex is doing it, so Google's doing but it. But do people okay. think that that means Google's doing it? On Mastodon? People think everything under... <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, I can't figure out how to get the Mastodon, so don't ask me. <laughs> I actually do. I went through on a later day when we have a slower day. I'll give you the full review of Mastodon. Um, but there are a bunch of values. A lot of them are hard coded, according to Mike, and it, he, he's kind of assuming that there's probably different places where the ranking happens and that these are um, kind of tweaked a little bit. But he went through and pulled out the top five positively weighted ranking factors. A few of them stood out to me. Uh, one of them was this kind of FI query downer clicks combo. And this is, again, if you talk to any SEO in the world, there's no click-through rate, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the second highest weighted factor is uh, what's called a cleverly combined FRC and pseudo CTR. And there's no indication what the FRC is, but the click-through rate um, does appear to be the second highest ranking factor, at least according to those hard-coded items. And again, it does not mean that that's the case. I've always said if I had a search engine, I would like to show things more that people click on. That seems very, very simple to think through. So having good titles, good descriptions, making your content um, clickable does seem like a ranking factor potentially on Yandex and anywhere else if you have a brain. Okay. And one other thing that was interesting, I thought, out of the top five was if it was a .com. And it seems like if it's fi underscore is underscore .com, and that has a, a plus 2.7, you know, uh, weight to it. So pretty interesting that Yandex is looking and saying if it's a .com, it gets a little more weight. So if you're, again, if you believe in this, you might want dot coms on your next domain purchase. All right, the top five negatively weighted ranking factors, according to Mike King over on Search Engine Land, uh, there is a factor. The number one is if there's advertising of any kind on the page and issues the heaviest weighted penalty for a single ranking wow. factor. So again, this is not to say you can't rank, but it is allegedly a, a negative factor. Also, the third item is QRL stat power, and this factor is the number of URL impressions as it relates to the query, and it seems as though they want to demote a URL that appears in many searches so that they promote a diversity of results so that you, and it, it's unclear as to whether it's multiple queries or if it's just that URL showing for that, that query on a page. And on the funny side of things, I saw on Twitter, it was one of the new for you. Twitter for you is actually giving me good results, like funny things, and I'm finding a lot of people to follow. Uh, this is Jared McKernan on Twitter, and he says, 
Now that I know the 647th biggest ranking factor in Yandex, it's time to do some serious SEO. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. And I also got a kick out of Mike's article over on Search Engine Land. If you want more breakdown on that, don't miss it over on searchengineland.com. And by way of Dario Zanoni on our Discord channel, account level keywords are here for Google Ads. So it looks like people are starting to see this option in their account settings tab um, over on Google Ads. And Google says when you create your account level list of negative keywords, it will apply to all search and shopping inventory in relevant campaign types. So this allows you to create one single account level list and apply your negative keywords across your account. You can also specify whether you want to exclude those based on broad, exact, or phrase match. You do have a limit of a thousand negative keywords at the account level. So I know a lot of people were really excited about this, but saves a lot of time. I also have little faith that negative keywords are even working nowadays. Oh, really? Wow. So thank you, Google, but no thank you, maybe. It's nice because you couldn't use negatives for Pmax at all unless you had the help of a rep before. So counterpoint, it's not nice. Who? And this this is the this is the thing for me, right? Julie Bacini, bless her soul, at Neptune Moon, and the organizer of PPC Chat says, "I'm not currently running any Pmax campaigns in Google Ads, but their whole we have solved brand term solution, letting you add account level brand negatives is laughable. It neither addresses the issues advertiser have, nor solves it." To which Ginny, the ads liaison of Google, said, "Hi Julie, account level negative keywords are designed for brand safety suitability use cases, which has also been a key ask. There's ongoing work for other use cases as well. I would like to say." There is no kiosk that anybody has at all for account level negative keywords. Keyword lists work yeah, perfectly fine. Yeah, you could just fine. apply it everywhere. But keyword not lists work fine. PMAX. All we want is a negative keyword yeah. list for Pmax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It would solve everything. Now, the problem that this is going to lead to is some people are going to say, well, I want to not show up for my brand name for Performance Max. Let's put the negative term in there. And then you are going to not show up in your normal search for that brand name. And as you know, Google is the wild west now. You can do whatever you want on other people's brand names as long as you don't use a trademark in the ad. And you do need to, it's, it's the saying like, it's a necessary evil to run a lot of brand mm -hmm. ads now. So you cannot use this in a campaign if you would still like to run branded ads. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of people are going to set up separate accounts. That's what I was going to say. So mm -hmm. what an option would be is you do a workaround and you make a Pmax only account, but it's going to be a nightmare because you can't control what it shows on. It's going to cannibalize everything else that you're doing with your other accounts. This is helping no one, no one, no one, no one, no one. And I, honestly think it's going to be pulled. So Finstradamus tables mark this down. By the time the year's over, this is gonna be removed because the unintended consequence of this is people are gonna say, I wanna run Pmax, but I don't want it to be on my brand name. I'm gonna put in my company brand name and people are gonna shoot themselves in the foot mm -hmm. with this. And they're gonna put in these terms 
thinking that I don't want Performance Max showing for this. I don't want, and it's going to shut it down across their entire campaigns. This is a useless, unhelpful thing, unless there's something that you absolutely sure don't want to have happen. And in that case, a negative list still would have worked as long as you could have applied it to Pmax. Okay, more Google Ads news here. This I first saw from Mike Ryan from his at Mike Ryan retail Twitter account. He says, in case you didn't get your daily dose of acronyms, NCA HVO beta is coming to Google Ads next month. And that stands for new customer acquisition with high value optimization. So he says how it works. Upload a high lifetime value customer match list for Google to learn from. It will identify new high value customers and bid even more aggressively for these than the regular new customers. So this is cool. It's nice that it's going to have the option, but it's not going to work for everyone because not only do you need a big list of customers to upload, you need a big list of good customers, of high value customers. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that this doesn't really help them at all. Um, But I guess it's like the last story. I don't want to complain about getting something new, but I probably won't be able to use it in any of my accounts. Benjamin W. also posted about this on LinkedIn. He said, with NCA HVO, you can now optimize your campaigns by focusing on new customers with a predicted lifetime value that is higher than that what the average customer brings in. Moreover, NCA high value optimization will only work in if sufficient data is actually transmitted to Google. A customer match list with 150 high value customers will not be sufficient. So you need, I feel like you need like thousands. Mm-hmm of these high value customers. And that's not going to be helpful to a lot of people. And I know what you might be thinking out there. Like, isn't that what the audience signals are about? I wrote a good article last year about audience signals. Couldn't I just use an audience of high value customers? No, an audience signal is not an audience. And what happens is an audience signal uses this to kickstart something. So you might have a list of high value customers, but Pmax will use that and consider it at the start. And by the end of it, it may be something completely different. So this is very opposed to uh, audience signal. Audience signal is a suggestion at the start. And this is something where allegedly it will look for high value. Thanks, Google. All right, next up. For everybody so bent out of shape about OpenAI taking over the world, there's somebody here to combat this. A new tool to detect machine-written text released by OpenAI, the actual creators of ChatGPT. They came out with a new tool, and it rates it on a scale of five different points from likely, highly likely, um, not enough information and things like that, but it's pretty cool. They came out with this tool to help combat if something was written by a machine or not. They said, um, Jan Lecky, the head of alignment at OpenAI, said it has both false positives and false negatives and cautioned it should not be relied on alone to determine the authorship of a document. But the big thing here is that if you think something can go undetected, that a machine wrote, you're going to be wrong. And there's another story coming up on this as well. Um, so I wanted to do a little test here and see how this AI detector tool, our AI text classifier is the name of it, um, how it does against a song written by one Miss Taylor Swift. 
So I started with the song Antihero, and the classifier has considered the text to be possibly AI-generated. <gasps> You're kidding. Conspiracy oh, theory. Interesting. She, interesting. listen, you can have a lot of critiques of Taylor Swift. She's an excellent songwriter and lyricist, okay? Don't so, even try. So then there was an, I said, Shep, what is your favorite Taylor Swift song? To which she quickly responded, how could I just choose one? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I said, Cruel Summer is what you said was your favorite. And that is also possibly AI generated. Oh, please. So I'm like, maybe this thing's wrong here. And so I went with a song from Jess. And I asked Jess, what is her favorite Slipknot song? We heard her sing a little bit of it, Disaster Piece, last week. Um, Shep, you heard some of those lyrics the first time. That is unlikely to be AI generated. That's because AI could never come up with something that dark. Ah, uh, you got a good point there. <laughs> but anyway, if you are interested in putting some text in, you can now do that over um, by the folks that created ChatGPT. And just know if you're trying to use this for all your content, people know that a machine made it. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right, this week, I couldn't choose between the two. So Nicole, you get to choose the winner this week. First up in the take of the week is from Ollie, roastmylandingpage.com, at hello, it's Ollie on Twitter. Ollie says, GA4 isn't just horrible. It's absolute dog shit. Every single function is more complicated than it needs to be. It's the type of product that makes you want to scream, force your laptop shut, and start a new life working on a farm. Ollie, okay. And next up, we have Andrew Lolk. And Andrew says, at Andrew Lolk on Twitter. And he says, performance max content continues to get a stupid amount of attention. I'll just do PMAX content all of 2023. Probably do better than anything else I'd spend time writing. Everyone seems obsessed with a campaign promoting to do it all. Agencies must really suck. Wow. <laughs> Oof. All right, Nicole, your thoughts. Oh, this is tough. You know, I kind of agree with Ollie here about uh, wanting to start a new life working on a farm. So I'm going to go with Ollie. Listen, I scheduled my pregnancy around GA4, the, the sunset of UA. Oh. <laughs> I just don't want to be here when it happens. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from AJ Wilcox at WilcoxAJ on Twitter. He says, did you know that LinkedIn is sunsetting message ads? You can expect them to be gone within Q2. Just a heads up to any who might still be running them. Get as much out of this ad type while it lasts. Are you sad, mad, glad, or meh by the news? Me personally, thank you for asking, AJ. I think they should get rid of all messages on LinkedIn because mm -hmm. I don't really care about LinkedIn, but every time I have to log in to run LinkedIn ads or check in on something, I've got all these messages 
that drive me nuts. We've got a person on June 3rd, 2022, still unread. Subject line, Christine, ready for a change? June 6th, Christine, had to try again. June 8th, third time's a charm. July 5th, Christine, dot, 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 it's me again. <sighs> then December 5th, oh no, that was it. Somebody else bothered me on December 5th about Th- my thoughts. I'm a little jealous that everybody's sliding in your DMs. This Christina E is like really aggressive. She's obsessed with me. <laughs> She's like third time's a charm, and then it clearly wasn't the charm. It's mm-hmm. me again. Get rid of all the messages. That would be nice LinkedIn. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round at this point in the show we split up our content into three parts paid organic and social first up in the paid universe this week i had a link to a tweet from mr elon musk I had to ask Greg for a screenshot because apparently he's playing some game with us this week. What is he doing? And like going private. I I think we're going to have news on him from Nicole later. What a clown. So he says, (laughs) ads are too frequent on Twitter and too big. Taking steps to address both in the coming weeks. Also, there will be a higher price subscription that allows zero ads. Why isn't that already a thing? Then somebody replied and said, user the rabbit hole 84. Replied and said, can individual users opt to monetize accounts through ads? Currently, advertisers reach out individually to users, creating a solution integrated with the platform. We'll let Twitter take a cut and give creators a pathway to monetize our content. He says maybe there's a way to do this by placing an ad below tweet details. So I guess that's something that could be coming too. Take yourself off private because everyone needs to see your tweets. Thank you. Next up, we have a LinkedIn post from Robert Warner. He says, I texted 19,679 exact match keywords over 18 months. Surprise, surprise. 81% of the time, the match is not exact, i.e. the keyword is not the search term. In total, I saw 350,000 unique search terms. That's an average of 17.8 unique search terms per keyword. He also says, I've also seen exact match keywords with over 200 unique search term matches in a single month, 244 to be precise. If you think EM is giving you control, appreciate that 81% of the time, it's not what you think it is. Negatives, negatives, negatives. I'm Mm -hmm. not surprised, but like seeing the numbers is so crazy. I need to save this to show clients when they like ask us to explain why exact match isn't exact. It's so crazy. I know. I was training one of our interns this morning and she was asking about match types. And I was like, I don't even know if anything I'm telling you right now is true. (laughs) (laughs) There's no rhyme or reason. The thing that drives me crazy, the name of it is exact match. And then Google now considers things when you talk about pmax that if you've got an eligible identical matching term it's like these two things are the same pam meme Mm -hmm. i really don't think we're far from match types being gone but i hope that's incorrect also shout out to ppc rachel she brought us this to our attention by tagging greg and i'm not sure if she tagged greg because you're a ppc pal or because you're a Harry Potter pal now. Because oh, no, we're PPC pals. Robert closed the post with all these, a picture of Harold Potter, and then all these like variations of it that are like almost Harold Potter, but not quite, and it's pretty funny. Yeah. And I would like to submit to your attention, um, my brother dressed up as Harry Potter in 2004. 
I think he decided this was his costume about an hour before trick-or-treating. It looks like he's the revolting blob from <laughs> Billy Madison. He's wearing, I think that's like an American flag bandana, I think because the witch hat didn't fit. He's wearing a real witch hat, like someone's glasses, a felt scarf with stars on it, and a purple tarp tied around him. And I wonder how my mother made that wand. But it's really not their best work. No. <laughs> and what's adding insult to injury is I'm standing right next to him along with our friend Chad, who's a very well done pirate. He was a centaur the next year, I think. I'm dressed up as Mia Ham, which looks excellent from the front. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, was your sister. From the front, it, well, you just didn't recognize me because I used to be a sporty girly. Oh. Um, it looks like I'm doing a really great job. And actually, my parents got this made, this jersey for me. It was like such a big deal. And then I went to school and all these other girls were Mia Ham. And I realized that my custom Mia Ham jersey had the wrong number on the back. It's not nine? <laughs> no, I think it was 10. Oh, no. It was so embarrassing. That's Ronaldo, bro. And my, <laughs> my life has just been spiraling from there. So. Well, I personally liked your brother's broad match costume. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely broad. Next up from Rock Hillnick at Rock Hillnick on Twitter. He says several accounts have reported a significant spike in CPM ranging from 50 to 100% since Friday. And this is meta ads, by the way. He says, however, duplicating the ad sets appears to resolve the issue. This may be related to ongoing backend updates that are happening right now. And then closes with what every meta ads tweet needs to close with. Good luck. Fingers crossed. What in the world? Look at that chart, Greg. What's I your see. review? Mm -hmm. The chart is very nice. Um, I think it's a little simple. I would like more dates before I give it a full assessment. But that is a pretty striking, uh, pretty striking. It looks almost like uh, something you'd see on somebody's back in Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's really bleak. Like, what do you think? Is that a cyst or is that the other thing? Yeah. The lymphoma. I forget what the other thing is. Lymphoma? I always cyst? do. I haven't watched in a while. I think that's a, that's a lymphoma. Good luck. To everyone. Yeah. And Dr. Pimple Popper. Okay, and we have more news from Google Ads. They alerted advertisers this week. This says Google has updated and reorganized the Google Ads destination requirements policy for improved clarity and re readability in 2023. Nothing they post is readable. They say violations of this policy will not lead to immediate account suspension without prior warning. A warning will be issued at least seven days prior to any suspension of your account. So I guess pay attention to your notifications to make sure you're not going to get suspended there. Another update from Google Ads. This was brought to our, our, our attention by Lawrence Chassis at L Chassis on Twitter. I think he put it in Discord, though, um, community.marketingoclock.com. This says starting in March 2023, all content targeting will be simplified into a single content page in Google Ads so you can manage your content targeting in a single view. And the subject line here is simplifying content targeting. It's like, okay, that's fine with me. I don't like skipping around the tabs either. It'd be nice to see it all on the same page, whatever. Next paragraph. Also, to help you reach more potential customers, your ads will now show on content that matches any of the topics, placements, or display and video keywords you target. For example, an ad targeting a topic and a placement will be eligible for impressions that match either. That is a pretty big change to go from or to and, and you're going to tuck it in the second paragraph and hide it from me? I would never have known. 
Might as well put an invisibility cloak on that thing. Ginny needs to tweet about this. That is a big freaking deal. People who have like layered content targeting with topics and placements. This could be a huge spike in impressions. Like that is, you need to make a bigger deal about that. I, I, I completely agree. And this is something that Anthony Higman and PPC Greg brought up last week where the last Google Ads announcement, and as of today, right before we recorded as well, was on November 17th. And it's like, there should be a place where all these announcements mm -hmm. reside instead of a random email here, or thank God you follow Lawrence Chassis there, or a tweet from Ads Liaison or at Ginny Marvin here. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason for this. And at this point, it's like we talked about with the WTH last week, it's, they don't care. And by the way, I didn't get any of the previous two emails. Mm -hmm. And I have campaigns in my accounts that have layered content targeting. And I wouldn't have known if it weren't for Lawrence and his good deeds. That is sickening. Okay, what's happening in organic? All right. Well, from our Baidu foreign correspondent, Adam DeFrisco, at DI underscore Frisco SEO on Twitter, he says, Bloomberg is reporting that Baidu Search will launch a AI chatbot similar to ChatGPT in March. This seems to have been a leak from an employee, so no official comment from Baidu at the moment. Ernie, that's Baidu's version of Google's BERT, will be the engine behind this. I feel like I probably trust Ernie more than BERT. They, Who would you trust? Wait, so did they just name it Ernie to be ironic? I don't know. <laughs> you got to ask Adam. And Adam Collin. Call that Mark stood for something now. back in the day, right? Yeah, it's like the uh, it's transponder. It's something. So they Bi really just went Ernie. Yeah. That's kind of hilarious. I guess I would trust Ernie over Bert. Bidirectional encoder representations from Transformers. I feel like Ernie's more like honest. Mm -hmm. Glenn's shaking his head at me right now for not knowing Bert. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> Also, Bert's all uppercase, so it feels like Bert's, like, yelling at you. Yeah. And, like, never trust a unibrow. No offense. Wow. All right. Sorry. Shots fired, Anthony Davis. Okay. Shots fired at us. At Charles Farina, who will not look at us, says, GA4 rolled out various updates to make finding and switching accounts and properties easier. You can even navigate directly to the admin property settings with the right terms. That's pretty nice. Everybody has to go to GA4 now. And if you can jump in there and and hop around to different accounts, properties, that's awesome. Okay, over on Search Engine Land, Google is rolling out cars for sale in Google Business Profiles. This actually looks pretty slick. And you can see call. There is a way to get the dealer listing or you can share it. I am fine, I guess, with this. I also, everything that they do, it just always seems like you can't ever get to the website. Like it's almost a, a, a burden to be shown in there. So whatever, if you're a car dealer, you probably want to do it, but you also probably want to retarget people. So you might want people on your site. All right. Speaking of Glenn, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, he says, I've covered this a lot. Beware via John Mueller. If you want to invest in a domain name, it's critical. You do your due diligence ahead of time. It can be reused, but sometimes... It comes with a little bit of extra baggage that you have to first clean up. If you want to know a little bit about that baggage, um, listen to our marketing talk with Glenn that came out two weeks ago. Some great information on there. Speaking of disavows, he talks about disavow files and when you should almost never use them. It was two episodes ago and it, 
we ran through all the algo updates of 2022. Guess who's back? Yahoo's back. <laughs> They're making a return to search, allegedly, according to Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Land. There's a job posting for principal product manager of Yahoo Search. The posting reads a few things saying, we are looking for a project manager for search at Yahoo. We are looking for folks that are interested in pushing beyond the status status quo to change the way folks interact and use search. Then they handed the keys to their Twitter account over to an intern who started going off on Twitter. There was like rabbit emojis oh and all sorts God. of stuff. They said, just popping in to remind everyone that we did search before it was cool. BRB, making it cool again. Oh, my God. Okay, you're not. <laughs> well, actually, uh, Sugar Ray's over there now, right? All around the world, statues crumble for me. Ray Hoffman? He works at Yahoo? I think she's over there now, so she... maybe she's making it cool. <laughs> Next little segment here saying, checking in on AI. And this comes by way of Luke Chapman in Discord and futurism.com. Allegedly, CNET's AI journalist has committed extensive plagiarism. Da, da, da. And futurism.com goes through and pulls out a bunch of different elements that the CNET AI seems, and it looks to me to be pretty close of a match. For example, this is what CNET wrote. How to avoid overdraft and NSF fees. Overdraft fees and NSF fees don't have to be a common consequence. There are a few steps you can take to avoid them. Now, here's what Forbes advisor had written before this. How to avoid overdraft and NSF fees. Overdraft and NSF fees need not be the norm. There are several tools at your disposal to avoid them. Pretty close. So... I'd imagine maybe, I mean, maybe CNAT hired Taylor Swift as a writer. Possible? <laughs> Hurtful. So, And she's busy, by the way, preparing <laughs> so, for her tour. Check it out if you want to see. If you're really considering AI, don't miss this from futurism.com. Thanks, Luke. That's it in organic. What's happening in social, Waddington? First up in social, Alessandro Paluzzi at Alex193A on Twitter has spotted a new search bar feature for the houses page on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is that audio app. So, In other news, Clubhouse is still around. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Next up in social, Meta's Twitch competitor cuts contracts with gaming creators from the information. Since 2018, Meta has paid video gamers to stream their play on Facebook's gaming service. It's alternative to Twitch. Now Meta is cutting at least 200 gaming contracts and plans for gamers to earn through ad rev share and tipping rather than cash payouts. So we know that, that Meta basically cut a lot of positions. This doesn't seem like a, a good step forward for, I guess, the future of their live streaming business. And it's so surprising to see how big they were in live, how big they were in watch, and how seemingly they've just pivoted completely the opposite direction of that. So I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of Amazon layoffs or Twitch layoffs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah, if you're going to go one way, Twitch is probably the way. Right. And next up 
in social news, Andrea Conway tweeted that they are looking to expand ways that you can react to DMs on Twitter and customize your defaults. So it looks like she included screenshot mockups of the DM interface on Twitter, and you can have a couple default emoji reactions, and it kind of looks like how Slack or iMessage reactions look like. So that would be kind of cool. I think you can only heart things now, and I actually find it very limiting sometimes, so that'll be nice. Mm -hmm. You can laugh. Oh, you need to show me how sometimes. You click, you hold it, and it's mm -hmm. just like iMessage. Yes, I'm pro Google, but I also, you can't really communicate as well on an Android phone. Like, you're the green person. Yeah, nobody takes you seriously. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like the ability you can't like do threaded replies and stuff yeah. is, yeah. But you can on Twitter, and it seems like you're going to be able to do more. And Matt Navarra at Matt Navarra on Twitter shared that Twitter has, by the time you're listening to this, already ended its co-tweet feature. So they ended it on January 31st. As a reminder, this was an experimental feature that allowed two users to co-author and publish a tweet. And so you won't be able to do that any longer, according to Twitter. Co-tweets will continue to be viewable for another month after which co-tweet posts will then be converted into regular tweets, and the Twitter user who initiated the co-tweet will be viewed as the sole author of that tweet. The secondary co-tweet author or user who was invited to co-author the co-tweet will be <laughs> removed from the tweet. That's weird. Who knew it, undoing a test could be such a nightmare for them? I know. Why wouldn't it? That should be like a Just blue feature. Just stay on both their yeah, yeah. profiles. Because if if we wanted to do it, you'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna co-tweet this with Marketing and Clock. Mm -hmm. I'll tweet it out. Extra exposure. Yeah, you'd think that would be a premium feature if you're trying to build a premium solution for eight dollars a month." Mm -hmm. And more from Matt Navarra. LinkedIn has added a couple new newsletter tools, including one-click subscribe URLs and embeddable buttons, ability to add newsletters to the featured section on profiles custom SEO titles and descriptions, which we'll get into more later, and the ability to schedule sending for newsletters. That seems pretty vital for newsletters. <laughs> yeah. And Danny Goodwin on Search Engine Land actually wrote an article about the custom SEO titles and descriptions features for this LinkedIn rollout, and you can now add SEO titles and descriptions to any articles that you have or will publish. So this seems like a pretty basic feature um, that you should be able to do. And um, now if you want to optimize your LinkedIn newsletters to show up in the SERPs, you can. Um, there were also a couple of other features that he reported on. Um, LinkedIn creators can now have their newsletter appear under their name along with a subscribe button. And you will also be able to schedule your posts. So he covered the new LinkedIn features. All right, and this one from Elon Musk, I did have to have Greg help me out here because like Shep, I don't follow him and his tweets are protected for now. Like he's literally making news and just protecting his tweets as a joke. I, I thought it was about like testing engagement. He was, apparently people are thinking you're being throttled and if you're private, you might not be throttled as much and then it looks like Elon's testing it. Who knows what's happening over there? That's what happens when you fire like half your development team. Imagine paying $44 <laughs> billion for that. So 
Anyway, Elon Musk tweeted that in coming months, Twitter will translate and recommend amazing tweets from people in other countries and cultures. He says there are epic tweets in other countries every day, Japan especially. Tweets will be translated before being recommended. And then someone replies, okay, but don't go woke, otherwise Twitter will go broke. He says, interesting and entertaining content from around the world is worth seeing. So Thanks, Eli. They better do a good job translating it. I know. Right, and more in social news, our favorite Adam Mosseri uh, announced that Notes is now available in Europe and Japan. So he went on to explain that, you know, sometimes features will only launch in certain countries because there's more work to be done on the compliance side um, before rolling out in other countries. So that's exciting. Europe and Japan can now do notes. And then his sister also made an appearance at the end of the video. Oh, I didn't make it that long. (laughs) How's she doing? Does she have a fancy sweater? No, not not as nice as Adam's. Does she have round glasses? I don't don't recall. Okay, I'll have to watch and report back. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. For me this week, sometimes you just got to lower your bids. I'm using ECPC and Microsoft ads, and we had campaigns that just weren't working. And I don't really trust their bid estimates all the time. So I just like cut them back to the bare minimum, and I'm raising them really incrementally. And I've been surprised that our impression share hasn't dropped that much. So just lower your bid sometimes. How's the CPA? Um, it's doing better than nice. it was last week. I couldn't tell if you were joking. No, I mean, I know the answer, but. <laughs> what about you, Nicole? Um, another Microsoft thing, but hardly working too, is filtering. You know, the one thing Google does do that's really nice is you can or. So say you're doing like campaign name, I want this or that. And you can just, you know, press enter down the line. Microsoft, you can't do that. You have to add filter, campaign name, does not contain, put in the phrase, do another one. It's a pain. The tiniest things can just be such a nightmare. I know. Well, there's something that's a nightmare that's not tiny, and it's called Twitter ads. And I wanted to go play around with the new search keyword targeting in Twitter ads and see how some of the new conversion targeting works. I forgot how much of a disaster that platform is. I I legit don't know how people spend money well in Twitter ads. I mean, I guess I know they probably spend it poorly, but trying to get the conversion pixel hooked up through tag manager was a nightmare. It kept breaking. It kept shutting down. I'm trying to train some new interns we have here and like run through it with them. And Every time I'd save something, it would be gone. I'd put the $10 a day budget. I'd go back. It's $100 a day. (gasps) It is just still a nightmare to do that. And when Elon says there's too many ads, it's like nobody knows how to target. Nobody can use your stupid platform. And I still can't believe that this was a public company that cared so little about their advertisers with that platform. It is unbearable. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. All right. This week's Cool Tool is a shout out to 
PPC chat community. They are now over on Discord too. So we will have that in our show notes. But um, if you are a lurker like me over on PPC chat on Twitter or active participant, go ahead and join the Discord. Okay, you won't have to wait for Tuesday and Thursday. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the one, the only, Glenn Gabe over on gsqi.com, and he has an article called Continuous Scroll in the GSC Void. Did the launch of Continuous Scroll and Google's desktop search results impact impressions and clicks? A study. Glenn did his darndest to try to figure out how Continuous Scroll impacted um, all the impressions and clicks. I think Glenn got beat by some filtering. I'll say that. He goes through and basically was getting 20 to 30% of the data because GSC filters so much. And he links over to some studies that I think Patrick Stocks had done along with him. Um, And the moral of the story is if you have a client talk to you or your boss or whomever saying, well, what is continuous scroll doing? How can we analyze this? Anybody who's giving you numbers, these are going to be so severely limited. Like you look at the clicks and some of the columns he pulls through and they are just atrociously low. So because you get so much filtering, it's very, very hard to see how continuous scroll has impacted um, anything in the search engine results pages. But sometimes that's the answer, mm-hmm. right? He didn't make something up or go off of 20%. Uh, and I think if you look at his methodology, it'll be really good. It's over on G Squared Interactive, gsqi.com. Thank you, Glenn. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Nicole, it's been a minute. What will you be adding this week? Everyone just loves your songs. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I am going to be adding $20 by Boy Genius. I will be adding Real Love Baby by Father John Misty. Greg? Great pick. I feel like a poser anytime I don't pick Taylor Swift. Greg? Um, this month, I'm doing a tribute to one Jessica Lee Bud, and I'm going to pick a band that I don't necessarily like. But this, <laughs> And this is sort of a tribute to, to Dan Campbell, but it's an ode to Jessica Lee Bud, No Leaf Clover by Metallica. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. And Greg has prepared another game. Yes. First off, this game also serves everybody out there. Reminder, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, People call me the doctor of love. And so we have a trivia Valentine's... What people? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. No, nobody, literally nobody. Uh, but we're doing Valentine's Day trivia here, okay? okay. Nicole, ring in with your first name. Shop, ring in with shop, and tables, tables. All right. 
Um, and then some of these will have the closest to the pin, so the closest number wins. Question. What Valentine's Day candy was first created on equipment made for lozenges? Shep. Shep. Conversation hearts? Incorrect. Oh. Isn't that the only Valentine's Day candy? Mm-hmm. Tables. Tables. Chocolate. Incorrect. Sweethearts. <laughs> Chocolate. Oh. Sweethearts? Isn't Aren't that those the form of conversation? Yeah, the conversation. The, the name of the brand. It's like you calling like Skittles, like the S candy. I got points for that. <laughs> no, incorrect. Yes, I did. Does she get points for that? It's Sweethearts is what the name of it is. I don't even know what that is. It's Conversation Hearts brand name. Doctor of Love says zero. Okay. <laughs> when did Sweethearts, aka Conversation Hearts, according to Shop, first get their shape? Wait, did you give the year in the last question? No. I don't know. Shut. Shut. 1951. Nicole. Uh, 1947. All right, tables. 1965. All right, Nicole wins. <gasps> they first got their shape in 1901. Nicole is on the board. Wow. Taking the lead. Oh, my god. Okay. Sweethearts production, aka Conversation Hearts, the shop, was temporarily suspended in which year? I wish it had never been brought back. I agree with you. Probably 2020. Okay, does anyone want to ring in? Oh, shop. Oh, oh you can go first. Your choice said 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um, 19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's like Great Depression and wars and stuff. Yeah, too. but I feel like. I feel like that's an obvious answer. I'm going to say 1977. Tables. <laughs> 1948. You, re- you, you, your guessing is very suspect. Why? Because you could just take one over or one under. You always you, say this to me what? when we play these games too. Whatever. Just let people it's, guess. Shep, you win. You're a one year off. It was 2019. Okay, Shep is on the board. Let's get some. I wonder if it was. Here. So it wasn't. No, because that's sorry. Bruno related. Mark that down. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. What does a yellow rose symbolize? Shep. Shep. Friendship. Correct. I didn't know that one. I'm the doctor of love, obviously. Okay. Kissing increases most people's heart rate to how many beats per minute? Nicole. Nicole. Um, one ten. On the nose. Wait, really? On the oh, nose. What's normal beats Nicole, per minute? You're like getting two points. Seventy to ninety, I think. N- Nicole, no? my resting heart rate's uh, sixty. Uh, Nicole oh, is three. Shep is two. All right, this one's for Jess here. I think she's gonna get it. Good Charlotte's My Bloody Valentine was inspired by what story? Mm. A Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. What insanely popular website debuted on Valentine's Day in 2005? What could it be? Oh, Shep. Shep. Match.com. No. Okay, incorrect. YouTube. <laughs> Boy, what? we need Why more numbers Why did they debut on here. Valentine's Day? There's a lot of hate going on on YouTube. Okay, we got another one. This yeah. might be a Shep one here. Okay. The gentleman. I like this question because they say the gentleman. The gentlemen of Jersey Shore refer to a great catch as what? I don't know. Like a... I've never seen Jersey Shore. Me either. Um, The answer... A tuna. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The rarest of roses. 
I don't remember symptoms. that. Jess would have known that one. I know. Okay. Women purchase what percentage of all Valentines sold? Like the cards? You got to talk to Parade.com. I'm going to say 55%. 55. Um, 38. Okay. 22. <laughs> 85. Shep has it again. All right. It's They're buying tie. them like for their husbands then. Yeah. For the win here. When was February 14th first declared to be Valentine's Day? I don't know. Nicole. Nicole. Uh, 17. <laughs> uh, 89. Shep. 1790. Tables. <laughs> did I do that right? Yeah, you did it right. 1900. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Nicole is the winner. It was 1537. So Nicole has four. Shep has three. And Tables, nobody's called Tables, the Doctor of Love, with zero here. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for, for providing us with all that useless information. You're welcome. And we'll see you next week.